for weeks now, and I think you would agree with me, for, for weeks now God has showed up in unprecedented ways in our services with, with different things. Maybe things that people have come and said, maybe just something by His Spirit that He has, that he has talked to us. Matter of fact, even just last week, many of you remember, uh, God spoke through Brother Chris that was here and uh, about God moving in our church. And he, you remember he, he, he spoke a sermon about due season. And he said that the Lord gave him a word, and the word was October. Didn't really have any other, other thing to say other than October. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in October, but I'm just not going to sit around idly by and just wait and just see, because if I don't do nothing, if I never invest nothing from now till October, I probably won't get what October is all about for me. You understand? We have to do something, right? We have to, we have to invest in where God is calling us to. Now, what that means to me and, and what that means to you may be two different things concerning what he, what he spoke to us last week. But there's one thing I know. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust his word. I'm going to trust what God has spoke to us. I, I don't believe that what Brother Chris spoke was just for me. But I believe it's for all of us. I believe it's for this church. I believe that due season, whatever that may be to you, may happen and may come about in our prayer time, in our, in our study time, in our knowledge of, of gaining more understanding for the Lord. I believe it's the season, if you, if you will, that we're in right now. And the time, I believe, with all of my heart is now. Everybody say now. It's not tomorrow. It's not next week. I know we're in the uh, summer months. Pastor, we're in the summer months, and you don't have everybody here in the summer months. That's all right. But it still is now. Amen. It still is now. And I believe that God wants his people to start believing and to get in your mind, to get in your thinking, and start this due season mentality. All right? Look at your neighbor said, get it in your mind. Get it in your mind. Due season mentality. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to, Luke, to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. I want you to look with me, if you will, at verse number 1. I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture, but I'm setting a, a ground, grounds for us in our message today. And I want to speak to you just concerning move. Everybody say move. Now, before somebody takes this message and goes the opposite way, I'm not telling anybody to move from this church. Everybody say amen. amen. <laughs> Exodus 14, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi Harath, between Mig Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephon. You shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will say to the children of Israel, They are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has, has closed them in. And then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. And I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord, and they did so. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people, and they said, Why have we done this, and we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. Also, he took 600 choice chariots, all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the king of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. 
And the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi-Hatharoth and before Baal-Zephoth. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were very afraid. Everybody say, very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, for which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Everybody say, No more. The Lord will fight for you, and, shall, and you shall hold your peace. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. But lift up your rod, and stretch out your hand over the sea, and divide it. The children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I indeed will harden the hearts of all the, of all the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. So I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, his chariots and his horsemen. And then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Here we are in this Exodus chapter 14, God's chosen people. We know from scripture, we know from history that these people here have been living in Egypt for some 400 years. They've been living as slaves. They are overworked. They're underpaid. They're stressed out. They're worn out. They're pushed down. And they're held back. It sort of sounds like us sometimes, does it not? We feel sometimes that we're pushed down. We feel sometimes that we're stressed out. I'm not even going to ask if you'd be honest with yourself. How many feel stressed out this morning to raise your hand? I, just, I don't even want to know. But we feel that stressed out. We feel pushed down. We feel held back at times. And time comes here when God said enough is enough. The time is now. I want my people to move. I've just come by this morning. This is not in my notes, but I've just come by this morning to let somebody know God may be speaking into your life this morning. Enough is enough. I want you to move. I'm tired of where you are today. I'm tired of the place spiritually that you're at. I'm tired of the place that you're at in your family. I'm tired of the place that you're at in your marriage. I'm tired of the place that you're at in your sickness, in your health. Enough is enough, and now it's time to move. We find here in the Scriptures, and God miraculously delivers them from their enemy. And they don't get very far from their enemy, that the enemy begins to come after them, and he begins to enslave them again. And as soon as the Israelites see them, verse 10, the Bible says, When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and there the Egyptians was. They marched after them. And the Bible says they were very afraid. 
and they begin to cry out unto the Lord. Let me ask you, have you ever got to the place in your life where a little simple prayer won't do anymore? You've got to simply cry out to God. You've got to get alone where nobody else may be listening to you. You've got to get alone where, where nobody will understand maybe what you're even talking about, but you understand between you and God. You just simply have got to cry out unto the Lord because enough is enough. I've lived here long enough. I've put up with this thing long enough. I've dealt with this thing long enough. I've tried to stay silent with this thing. I've tried to step back with this thing. I've tried to go forward with this thing. But I can't seem to get nowhere. And enough is enough. And I've just simply got to cry out to the Lord. I don't know about you, but there's been several occasions in my life where I just had to cry out. Been several occasions where I had to just get in the car. Roll up all the windows, Brother Range. You know what I'm talking about. And just cry out unto the Lord. And say, God, do you understand where we are? Do you understand where I am? Why are you allowing this to happen? Have you ever done that? Have you been there? They had to cry out unto the Lord. I want to tell you something. The Bible says they were afraid. The very first thing that will keep you from moving today is fear. The first thing that will keep you from moving is fear. Because your circumstances doesn't seem very good. Your situation is not any better. Possibly even it seems that it's worse and worse. And with your eyes on everything around you, you're tempted to become fearful because you don't understand and you, are, you don't understand how you're going to get out of this thing. Fear knocks the wind out of you. It stops you. It paralyzes you. And when you really look in the original language, fear will kill you. I don't have to tell you this. You understand what I'm talking about. Fear will do all kinds of physical things to you. Stress will do all kinds of physical things to you. Worry will cause things to happen in your body that you don't understand what's going on. You don't want to see anybody. You want to stay inside. You're fearful of everything. You're fearful of what this one says and fearful of what that one says. Fear is the first thing that will stop you from moving in the direction that God wants you. Fear does this. Max Lucado said in his book, Fearless, he said this. He said, fear corrodes our confidence in God's goodness. It will unleash a swarm of doubts. It will give us the perception that we've lost control and it will shape, this is powerful here, the way we live. It will shape the way that we live. Fear shapes our lives. And when fear shapes your life, listen to me. If you don't hear nothing else today, then listen to this. When fear shapes your life, safety becomes your God. What are you talking about, Pastor? When safety becomes your God, you worship the risk-free life. You don't ever want to risk anything anymore. You don't want to ever step out in faith anymore. You don't want to ever climb the mountain anymore. When God says, take this sacrifice up this mountain, oh, God, I ain't going up there because there's not a sacrifice up there. You may not provide a lamb for me. You may not provide a ram. I ain't going up there. I'm not going to step out in faith. The safety lover can't do anything great because you never want to take a risk. The fear-filled can't love deeply because when you love deeply, somebody may hurt you and love is risky. And I'm not going that direction. You can't give to the poor, to the poor because giving has no guarantee of return for you. The fear-filled cannot dream wildly today 
Listen to me, you become a lone ranger in serving God. I don't need nobody. I'm just going to serve God. I'm going to come in late. I'm going to leave early. I'm not going to let anybody know what's going on in my life. I'm going to do it all by myself. Listen to me, church. If you ever want to move from the place that you're at, you can't be that way. If you ever want to get to the place you want to move in victory, you've got to get some folks around you. You've got to get somebody that will lock arms with you. I don't know about you, but I need you in my life. I don't want to show up here on Sunday and nobody show up. I need you in my life. I need somebody I can give a call to every now and say, hey, just want to let you know, Brother Reigns, I'm going through some stuff. Can you help me pray? Brother Adam, I'm going through a terrible thing. Can you help me pray? I had a death in my family or I had this problem, whatever. Can you just help me pray that God would come in and meet every need? We need one another today, amen. When fear shapes our life, safety will become our God. We have to have that. Romans 8.15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear does not need to reign over our lives today, church. And just like the Egyptian, fear wants to put you back into bondage. And the temptation will be to go back to the desired past. Verse 11 says, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us this way to bring us up out of Egypt? Got to be careful with fear. The second thing I noticed from this scripture here is that the Israelites here, they wanted to hold on to what was behind them. Now, I don't want to stay very long here, but let me, let me tell you, we can learn some things from the past, but we don't need to stay in the past. There's some change that God wants us to move to. If, if, Brother, if what Brother Chris spoke last Sunday, if God is going to minister to this church in due season, and God is going to do something extraordinary, just to say in the month of October, how are we going to get to the October if we're going to stay in July? Hello? We can't stay here. We've got to enjoy what God is doing for us today, but we've got to enjoy what God's going to do for us next month and the next month and the next service and the next service. Hey, every day should be fresh and every day should be an anointing that God places on our life. Every day should be new, amen, when we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But these Israelites, they wanted to hold on to what's behind them. Listen to me, moving forward is much about discovering what we must leave behind as it is about embracing what we can keep. I got tickled at mom this past week. We, and many of you prayed for us with dad's brother-in-law passing away. And we was down there this past week, but, but dad owned a little house down there. We always called it the little mansion. And dad sold it to my cousin. And mom had some stuff in there, and she was getting some stuff out, and she didn't like selling the little mansion. She didn't like getting rid of her little house, you know, and she wanted to hold on to this and hold on to that. And I tell Mom, you don't need that. And she brought back, I don't know, probably a, a box or two boxes of old towels and old rags that Sister Sue, she knew good and well she didn't need. And she gets them back here to Blyville and she wants to give them to me. And she called Karen, wants to give them to Karen. And she calls somebody who wants to hang on to that stuff. Well, I understand. There's some sentimental things with some of those old things, you know, that, 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 you, that you've used a, a long time. And, and they have some sentiment. I'm not saying the towel has a sentimental value. But, but there's other things that have sentimental value on some of those things. But these people of Israel, they wanted to hold on what was behind them. Listen, some of you are a major decision point in your life right now. But listen to me. You cannot embrace Moses and keep Pharaoh at the same time. You can't 
cannot embrace the promised land and keep Egypt at the same time. You cannot embrace freedom today and keep a slave mentality today. I don't care if there ain't no graves back there in Egypt. I ain't going to be buried back there anyway. God's taken me to a promised land where there's milk and honey flowing. He's taken me across the Jordan River and he's taken this church somewhere we've not been before. But that means we've got to be willing to let go of the past. We've got to let go of some things that really meant something to us. Well, I'm preaching better than you shouting this morning. But you know I'm telling you the truth. If I'm going to move forward, Brother Roger, I've got to let go of some stuff. Everything about Pharaoh. Listen, everything about Pharaoh. Everything about Egypt. Everything that with a slave mentality. It represents Satan. It represents the world. It represents the ways of the world and the enemy. When God miraculously delivered us, he called us out. He separated us. And when he'd done that, he did not intend for us to keep going backwards. He intended for us to keep going forward. Listen to me, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. It says, not that I've already attained or am ready, already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold for that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, let us, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind that if anything you think otherwise, God God will reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. Brethren, join in following my example. And note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, who set their mind on earthly things but listen to me for our citizenship is not here on earth it is in heaven from which we also eagerly await for the Savior the Lord Jesus Christ you gotta focus on this one thing you gotta leave behind past relationships past places and past mentalities so you can fully embrace what you're moving toward verse 12 says is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying let us alone that we can serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians that we should die here in the wilderness. Listen to me. I'm sure some of you are just like the Israelites. I'm sure some wanted to give up, like some wanted to fight, like Joshua and Caleb. Sometimes you've got to get to the place where you think your only options are to surrender or to fight. This thing that we're serving, this living God that we're serving, this heaven that we are to gain, it's worth fighting for. It's worth moving for. I don't want to stay in the same place that I am today. I, a month from now, I want to be somewhere different in my life, in my spirit. Maybe you think something is taking place that isn't right in your life. Maybe you feel like you've been treated unfairly. Maybe you feel like you've been lied to. Maybe you feel like you've been led in the wrong direction and things just don't seem right and it looks impossible to keep going the way things are or what or who is behind you is pushing you to the limits. Got a question for you. This is an intelligent question. What you going to do? If that's the case. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You going to quit? 
Now, I'm not talking to you as an evangelist. I'm talking to you as a pastor today. What are you going to do, church member? You going to quit? What are you going to quit for? What's out there that's worth quitting for? Ain't nothing out there. What are you going to quit for? You going to surrender? You going to lay down and die? You just going to lay there in Egypt and be buried in the Egyptian grave? Or maybe you'll get to the place where you'll just snap, blow up, fight back, and stand up for yourself. Have you ever tried to push a dog into a corner? I've done that a couple of times, Brother Roger. I don't like the outcome. When a dog feels like they're ambushed, so to speak, and you back them in a corner, I'm going to tell you, something's going to come out fighting. I was down there in Mississippi, and I, my, uh, my uh, cousin by marriage, um, what's her name? I forgot her name. Carmen, Carmen. Carmen was telling us a story. Carmen's a big deer hunter. She's a little bitty thing. Big deer hunter. And she said her and Anthony, my cousin, was out in the woods, and they had this 10-point buck that they shot, but he didn't die. Matter of fact, when they shot him, he got mad and started chasing him. I started charging at him. Matter of fact, I think if I got the story right, they shot him four times, and the deer still wouldn't die, wouldn't go down. And they charged at him. And he charged at my cousin Anthony. He just had to step out of the, out of the way in order for the deer to go by. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where a 10-point buck is going to charge at you, but it ain't fun. And this little cousin of mine, little, little female, he, she said, Danny, I was as close as, as me in that pulpit from that deer charging at me. And I had to shoot him again. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know that I'd have stood that close when that deer come at me and, 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 and have my gun. I'm going to run. I'm going to go up a tree. I'm going to do something. I just don't know if I'd have the nerve, but she did. And shot that deer before that deer had to go down. He was charging. Listen to me. There are some of us in the spirit realm where the enemy is charging at you, where the enemy wants to take you out. You can throw your best dart. You can throw your best shot. You can do whatever, but he still seemingly is coming at you. And you have to step aside at times. And then you've got to speak the name of Jesus before he will go down. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. He does not want you to succeed. He does not want you to move forward. He does not want you to get out of Egypt. He wants to keep you bound up. He wants to keep you locked up. He wants to keep change and bondage all around you and make you fearful at times. But can I tell you, greater is he that is in you. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is fighting for you. And all you've got to do is speak the name of Jesus and he'll fall. Amen. But sometimes we've got to ask ourselves, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to quit? Are we going to surrender? The scripture talks about there, there could be other options other than quitting and surrendering. Sometimes we don't really pay attention to these other two options because we're in so much chaos we can't keep it in control. Two that can hurt people. Two that more often than not, that does more harm sometimes than it does good. This is not, this is not in my notes, but this is, a good, this, is a good, this is a good nugget here for some of you. There, there are moments, Now I know, and Lord help me here get this out right. Sister Jeanette, there, there's times that we do need to speak up. I understand that. There's times that we need to let our voice heard and, and, and be known, but there are many times that we need to keep silent. But boy, that's hard for us at times. How many's ever had a hard time keeping your mouth closed? <laughs> we, probably, we probably all have. 
That's difficult for us. But, but watch this, watch this. Verse 13 says, Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, he said, you shall see no more. Do you remember just a few scriptures earlier, they took, what was it, 600 chariots and had captains over every one of them. Now that's a lot of chariots. Took all of them. You'll see them no more because the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold. This is, this is, this is what's the good right here. You're going to hold your peace. Now that's hard for us, Brother Keith, at times. It's hard for me to hold my peace at times. It's hard for you to hold your peace at times. But there's moments in our life when we feel like saying this and doing that, that the Lord just wants us to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Let Egypt come. Let the enemy come. Let the chariots come at me. Let whatever he wants to throw at me, let him throw it. Why? Because I'm guarded today. I'm sheltered in the arms of God. I'm taken care of today because I've done the promise of the Lord. What is that? I'm going to stand still and I'm going to see the salvation of the Lord. Because if I stand still and listen to the voice of the Lord, I will not see the Egyptians no more. Ooh, that's shouting words right there. I'm not going to see them no more. So what do you got to do, Pastor? I got to trust God. I got to trust God. In other words, God says quit acting fearful. Quit acting like things are out of control. When the enemy comes against you, stand. Resist the temptation to deal with things your own way. Watch God take care of the problem. There's moments in our life we've got to stand still, we've got to shut up, and we've got to watch God and let him fight for us. Amen. Verse 15 says, the Lord said to Moses, why, do, why, 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 why do you cry unto me? Why do you cry unto me? Tell the children of Israel to what? To go forward. Don't run. Don't try to hide. Don't try to get behind a rock somewhere, get behind a tree somewhere. Go forward. Well, Lord, there's water out there. Doesn't matter. Go forward. He wants us to go forward. I love that with God. Sometimes, sometimes in our little human way of thinking, we can't, we can't see a direction that, that God wants us to go. He's telling us, I want you to go this way, but, but Lord, I, I can't go that way. There's something that's stopping me here. And we never really take God at his word and just put that foot out in front of us of faith that we need to and allow God the waters to be parted for us. God says, I want you to move forward. Now, I don't know what, what that means to you, but to me, this is, this is what it spoke to me, Sister Mavis. It says for me to quit crying. It says for me to quit complaining. It says for me to quit focusing on what's behind us now, quit fretting over the issue. It's time to move. It's time to move. Verse 16 says, lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. They begin to see the miraculous of the Lord. And they begin to move forward in faith. Moving forward in faith. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. You've heard that statement over and over, but I'm going to tell you it's true. God seems to make a way where there is no way. He will make the impossible possible. Amen. 
He will make the thing that you're dealing with in your life seem like nothing if we'll just trust in Almighty God. Pastor, it sounds so easy. I understand it sounds easy. And it takes a little faith for you to actually act upon your statement or my statement. But listen, let your faith grow in Christ. Let your faith move in Christ. Let your faith double in Christ. Why don't you just go ahead and take him at his word? What do you got to lose anyway? I mean, you're in the heat of the battle anyway. What is it going to hurt? Go ahead and trust God. Go ahead and step out in faith. Go ahead, Brother Joe, and simply believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and know that you know that you know that he's God and he's going to take care of you. Amen. That's what the word said. He's going to take care of me. With God, all things is possible. Verse 17 tells us, Indeed, I'll harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they'll follow you. And I'll gain honor over Pharaoh and over, over, over his army. Verse 18 said, Then the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained honor for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. What are you talking about, Pastor? My journey, my journey then, will become my testimony. How many of you have got a testimony? How many of you know something in the past that God has done for you? You can testify of that thing. How many of you understand that God has, has blessed you in the past? You've got a word that you can testify about. There's a healing maybe that he's given you. There's a deliverance that, he has, that he's done for you. And maybe a healing in your family or your finances or whatever the case may be. God has healed you. I think about many times when dad, and you've heard him talk about this when he was in New Jersey and had the cancer in his chest, that hole in his chest, that cancer ate out. I remember as a little boy, I, we don't talk about it a lot, but I remember this, dad. I remember the, the agony, the pain that he, that he seemed to be under. I remember the sweat that, that fell off his brow as a little boy. I couldn't have been no more than four or five years old, but I remember it. It was vivid. I, I remember seeing that little hole when he would take off his shirt. But I also remember the night that God healed him or the day that God healed him on a Sunday that he stood before his congregation and he said, I can't preach this morning. And what I want us to do, I'm so weak, I can't preach, I just want us to pray. And this was somewhere around 10 o'clock or a little after 10 o'clock and he laid his head down on the pulpit and folks began to pray. And the next thing, Brother Rains, that he knew God woke him up somewhere after 12 o'clock at noon. He was still there and people still there and people interceding and people praying. And he knew then that God had healed him. Was the hole gone, Pastor? No, it was still there. Was the pain gone? No, it was still there. But he was still healed. He knew and he claimed his healing. And it wasn't very long after that that he's standing at the bathroom in the sink that all that whatever that was fell out. I would ask him to come up here and take his shirt off for you today, but he wouldn't do that. <laughs> you wouldn't see a scar today. I was talking to Brother Floyd Mills, who is a man that some of you know. He's been here. Dad's one of Dad's close friends. Brother Keith, who held me in his arms at 17, 18 months old I was when Mom received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He took me out of Mama's arms and held me. I've known him for a long time. Love him to death. He's a nut, but I love him. But he talked to me, he said, Brother Danny, I don't know if your dad told you, but about a year and a half ago, I went to the doctor. And they told me I had a mass in my stomach about the size of a grapefruit. And I said, no, dad didn't tell me. I don't even think he told you, because you, you didn't remember, he did tell you. And, I, and he, he said, I had this mass. And he said, this was on a, like a Wednesday or Thursday. They wanted me to come back on a Monday to get, to, to get some other scans. And he said, on Thursday, I prayed all day. And he said, I stayed up all night Thursday night praying. 
Now, I don't know how many of you are ever do that. that. He's from the old school. Anybody from the old school where we used to have all-night prayer meetings? You know what I'm talking about? He stayed up all night praying. He said, God spoke to me during that night sometimes, Sister Jeanette. He said, this is not what's going to kill you. This, you won't die from this. Now, the mass was still there, he thought. But he said, I took God at his word. And he went back on Monday. They'd done the scan. They, they took whatever test they said was going to do. And the doctor comes and said, Brother Mills or, or Mr. Mills, he said, we can't find a mass anywhere in your stomach. He said, well, that's because God healed me. I was just coming back to just get verification. God had already told me, and God healed me. He said about two weeks after that, the doctor called him and said, Mr. Mills, I want to, I want to ask you, to, if you will, if you will come in and, you, and let, us do some more, let us do some more tests. He said, what we want to do, we want to take the test that, that we took at the beginning and, and take the test that we took at the end and, and sort of compare and figure out what is going on in your body. He said, I'll come in if you'll do one thing. He said, what's that? He said, if you'll give me a letter stating what you found on Wednesday and then what you found on Monday that nothing was there and you sign it as a doctor, I'll come in and let you do whatever kind of test that you want to and they wouldn't do it. He said, I ain't coming in because God healed me and you don't want to give acknowledgement to the Lord, I'm going to give him acknowledgement. I'm going to give him praise. Listen to me, church. Your journey could be a testimony. And the only thing that's holding your testimony back is your unwillingness to move. Let me say that one more time. The only thing that's holding your testimony and your miracle back, your healing back, your completeness back, your wholeness back is your unwillingness to move forward. You've settled in Egypt. It's going to be okay. I can, I, can, I can do this work. We've been here 400 years. I've already got that slave mentality. I'm good with this. That's, what, that's not what God designed you for. God didn't design you to be a slave from, by the enemy. God didn't desire you. He desired you for victory. He created you for greatness. He created you for goodness. He created you for authority in Him. Amen. But sometimes we're so settled by doing things our own way. Lord, help me here. I, I'm not trying to offend anybody. But listen to me. We're so, we're so good at doing things our own way that we don't want to move forward, Brother Adam, and see what's out there because it's unfamiliar territory. But your journey could be your testimony. God could use your journey your test, your faith, your ability to move forward, to make himself known to the same people who are trying to hold you back. Musicians, if you will, come. I'm going to say that one more time as they're coming. God could use your journey to test the faith. Use your ability to move forward so that he can make himself known to the same people that's possibly trying to hold you back. What is it trying to hold you back? Who is it trying to hold you back? What is the situation that's trying to hold you back? I want, I want to quit this morning with this quote. Everything you know is based on what already has happened in your life. I think we all can agree with that. And yet your only influence right now is over things that have not yet happened. 
The things that have already happened have gotten you to where you are right now. What you need to be concerned with is where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? I've come to tell you that I believe with all of my heart today that God's desire is for you as an individual. God's desire for us as a church is simply to move. I'm not talking about moving locations. That, that, that's not what I'm talking about. Help me, Lord. Sometimes in churches, every, everybody knows this, I think, anyway. Churches, churches goes through seasons. Can we, can we agree with that? We go through up and down seasons at times. We go through the spring time where everybody seems like Brother Rains is coming to life again. We go through that summer season where everybody is away. <laughs> Things are dormant. If you don't keep, uh, help me Lord, if you don't keep adding water to it, things will die. Pastor, what are you talking about? You talking about us? <laughs> talking about me too. If I don't keep adding water to me, Sister Jeanette, my spirit will die. That's just, that's, that's simple. We understand that, right? If the pastor don't add water to me, I can't add no water to you, right? And so if I add no freshness, if I add no water to you, at times during the summer we dry up. Oh, that's good preaching right there. And we, and we lose, we lose what we've been blessed with. That, that vitality, that vigorous that we felt in the springtime. That coming back to life thing, you know. We lose it a little bit. And we find ourselves going here and going there, and we try to find, we try to find this, 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 this uh, freshness everywhere. And it's still, it's, it's not left where we, where, we, where we are. It's us. And we've got to continue to add it, add it to, our, to us as individuals, to me, to you, as a church, as a flock of people. But if we're not careful, we continue doing things our own way. And we put off the things that needs to be done. We put off those things. One of the things around our house that I put off a lot is spraying for spiders. Now, spiders doesn't bother me. I see them, I step on them. They're done. But for some reason, spiders bother Karen and Mildred. They'll see them on the floor. They don't, they don't want to go kill them. They just there. it's there, there. And I'm thinking, well, go step on it. And sometimes they just don't want to do that. Now, a lot of times they do, but many times they won't. And Karen asked me over and over, you've got, to, you've got to spray for spiders. Why? I don't see them. When I see them, they're dead. If I don't see them, they don't bother me. Have you ever asked yourself when you went to, when you went to bed at night, how many spiders crawl over you on the bed? It's just a thought. I just want to throw that in. But I put, that, I put those kind of things off. But by and by, Karen to keep on, and I'll go and spray for spiders. But the problem that we have in our spirit life, we put those things off that we need to deal with. We think we'll deal with it tomorrow. We think we'll deal with it next week. We think we'll deal with it over there. And we never get to there. Just something happens that makes us snap, blow up, or fight, or surrender, or whatever the case may be, and we can't move in the direction that God wants us to move. And church, I'm just being real and being honest with you today. 
If we desire to grow with Christ, there's things we've got to deal with. There's some things we can't put off. We can't do it. Your marriage is not going to get any better if you don't deal with it. You say everything you want to. It's not going to get any better. Your family situation is not going to get any better if you don't deal with those things. You've got to deal with it. My relationship with you and maybe your relationship with me is not going to get any better if we don't deal with, we don't communicate, if we don't talk about some things. It's not going to happen. We think that it is, but it's not. We can stand still, but we've got to deal with some things. God desires us to move forward. God desires us to grow in Him. God desires that we be strengthened day by day with one another and His presence. And I hope and pray that we as a body, we as people, we as brothers and sisters in Christ can understand the fact, God, I know that you want us to move. And if there's anything in my life that needs to be dealt with, God, help me deal with it. If there's anything in my life that doesn't need to be there, God, get it out. Or I can move in the direction that you want me to go. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, real quick, I just want to ask you, where are you today? Where are you today? Are you at the place like the children of Israel was? Where you can just say, I just want to stay in Egypt. I don't want to be out here where I, where I don't know what's happening. I, I'd rather be in Egypt somewhere. I mean, I appreciate everything you've done for me. But now you've got us out here at the Red Sea and you've got the Egyptian army behind us, the sea in front of us, and we don't have nowhere to go. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Pastor, in my life, there's things that's going on that it seems I'm bound. It seems that I'm caged in. It seems I have no direction. I look this way and there's a wall. And I look that way and there's a wall. And I look behind me and there's a wall. And to the left, there's a wall. I don't know where to go. And I'm telling you, it's time to get the walls out of your life. Don't allow your past to dictate your future. Don't allow the things that's going on in your life right now to dictate where God wants you to go. God desires for you to move forward today. If there's things that you are not doing that you should, you got to fix it. you got to get it right. If you're living in a way that you know is not pleasing to God or is contrary to this word, you've got to fix it. You've got to make that change. You've got to make the change in your life in order for God to establish you and set your feet where you need to be. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have a direction. I don't know, what I'm, I don't know where I'm going. And Sister Michelle is playing softly. I just want you to get up and come to this, come to this front. We want to pray with you. I don't want to force you to do that, but I want to tell you, God can help you break the walls down. God can help you take care of the situations in your life. Why don't you just move? Why don't you just move? Why don't you just get up from the place that you're at and move? Try something different. Do something different in Christ. Follow after Him.
want everybody in the house to stand, if you will. And as you're standing, if that's you, I want you to come. If that's not, then you just sit where you are, stand where you are. But if you need to be down at this altar, you know who you are. And I want you to come.